There you go, everyone. I'm back. <laughs> cable thing. Yeah. It turns out Was I should have. <laughs> it turns out what I should have done is plugged in my cable correctly. Who could have guessed that that would be a problem? Um, <laughs> I almost put the. I almost put the. Um, I almost put the technical difficulties image up as a point of principle. Hi everyone, welcome. Uh, we're doing uh, we're doing a stream. We were meant to be talking about the video I did for YouTube, so that you guys could ask me questions about it. And um, but it has unfortunately, unfortunately, become rather topical in <laughs> in that way that all of my streams end up being. And uh, well, we're going to talk about the video mostly. But we might link it to some other things and have a bit of fun with it because who knows who knows who is watching us in on this stream? Who can say? And so if and but I will remind people that this stream has a minimum height requirement. And so, you know, um, <laughs> make of that what you will. Um, I've moved the swan box. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll let my guests introduce themselves and uh, and then we'll we'll start talking about the video. I want to. I'll do a bit of an opening bit about the video because there are some questions everyone keeps asking, and so <laughs> I'll address those first. Then we'll talk about the content of the video and and uh, yeah. So we'll go from Elijah and then we'll go down to John, then to Geraint. Evening. I'm Elijah. I am one of the many members of podcasting. Is Praxis. Uh, you can find us at Praxis Cast. Uh, I have a, a Twitch channel that I'm currently planning some things for, so it's not active at the moment, but it will be. And uh, I am, an, uh, at the moment, online-only music teacher. Uh, if you would like to learn theory or guitar, you can give me a shout. And um, I have a music podcast where people who don't listen to pop music listen to pop music. Someone like me, maybe. React to it. And uh, the 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 next episode is going to have a very special guest on. I wonder who that might yeah, be. You could say. Um, <laughs> all right, John, a, a man who needs no introduction, but I'll let him make one anyway. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm John uh, at John Duncan on Twitter. Um, I'm a PhD researcher studying neoliberalism, which I think is relevant to this uh, topic today. And I run a YouTube channel called John the Duncan, where I talk about you know, left politics and human rights and neoliberalism and that that's uh, that, uh, that's all that's interesting about. <laughs> <laughs> that's still a lot of stuff. Uh Geraint, introduce yourself. You've but you've been on recently, so people might remember. <laughs> yes, yeah, if if your memory extends back a whole week. Um so I'm I'm Geraint, aka Wario Tifo. Um I'm one of the, the hosts of the Real Politic podcast and a long-time chronicler of, of centrist dangers on, on Twitter in particular. Um, I was on last week with some of the other lads um, from Real Politic discussing the wonderful Gapecast uh, things we do. But uh, today, this is more just for eviscerating melts, which is always fun. Yeah, always a good one. So I'm going to... Um... I'm going to address some questions that kept coming up in my chat throughout this week that were from people who were not trying to pick big fights with me. Um, <laughs> first of all, how long did it take to make the video? It took about... Well, it was a day... It was like an hour and a half of shooting video, but it was about two days of writing, one day of editing, and um, to and like 20 minutes to make the badge for the fake doctor. Um, <laughs> if, you, if anyone was wondering how long that took, and maybe St. Brendan's Hospital's t-shirts coming soon, who can say? Um, 
The other thing is, I'm going to open with the the news that you will want. Yes, there is going to be another video, and it's going to be about... I, I've, I'm torn on the title, which is like, Echo Chambers, how do they work? Or Echo Chambers, good actually, question mark. We'll see. Um, we'll see which one I land do on. Do Echo... Echo chambers, how do they work? And put an image of the insane clown posse as the thumbnail. That's it. Okay, great. Well, the decision has been made live on stream. There you go. Um, and... Echoes, you say something and then nothing says it back to you? Fucking insane, man. Yeah, I know. Um... Joe Rogan to talk about this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so the reason I invited John and Garine is... As they mentioned, they are incredibly qualified to talk about this topic, but they also got to see the uh, script before in the before times, after I hacked out like half of it, but um, before I wrote a final version of it. And uh, yeah, their notes were very helpful, and I wanted to thank them in person on the stream, even though I thanked them in the video, and thank <laughs> my partner, who, um, who uh, insisted I add many, 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 many graphics to help her understand the video, which is why you got, like, Tonti as a worshipper of corn on that, um, on that video. And I invited Elijah because he loves the camera. He can't resist the camera. And Ooh. also, he likes Duncan on melts. <laughs> the question we all want the answer to from yesterday's stream, have you phoned your mum yet? Uh, <laughs> I, I told my mother, I texted my mother today saying, I would have called, but unfortunately I was too busy uh, trying not to die of hysterical laughter from some of the stuff I was getting in my DMs today. Um, so so the answer to that is no, you haven't called your no, mother. No, I yet. haven't. And if my mum is in the chat, she will know that, I, um, that I'm very sorry. But I am very, I'm, I'm her way too busy, you know, way too busy son. You know, <laughs> the aquatic... What level? What level of boring dystopia is it that that a mother can only contact her son through her Twitch chat? Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, yeah. But thank you, Ferrosol, for demonstrating the thing that I always forget to demonstrate at the start of the streams, which is how to ask a question. You click on the strange the coin with the face of Tony Blair on it. You click on ask a question, and you ask, as an example, uh, like this. Let me just type it out for you all. Uh, And, uh, you know, you, you could ask a question like that, uh, if you like. I'm not saying that you have to ask that question. I'm just saying, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I'm just, as an example, it's not, it's not, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. Also, hello to Juliet Jake's friend of the stream, uh, and friend of many, most of our shows and YouTube channels, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, John actually gave me some of my best corrections because he wrote a lot of them. And so, and not in a bad way either. And uh, I enjoyed uh, John correcting me on why the SNP don't seem to have agrocentrists and writing a massive screed about the <laughs> SNP in the notes, which was like in, entirely why I gave the script to him. Because I, I made the briefest possible mention of the SNP because they are, they are different. It's different. Scotland is different. As I make the point on the stream many times, it is different and strange and alien to me. And so I wanted to get at least one Scottish person to tell me why I was wrong. And he did. <laughs> I didn't even like, I, I don't even remember what I said, but I do remember thinking this is way too much detail for a fucking minor, minor point. <laughs> yeah, so like uh, the, it, the point was like uh, a couple of sentences and you wrote like a paragraph back to yeah. me. <laughs> Which is a very good paragraph. It's just like, I was just like, okay, I'll just change it then. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have stuff to talk about. I was... Uh... 
I was one of the vile cybernats that uh, a lot of the <laughs> sh- shitty tabloid approaches um, talked about, and that was um, in a Scottish context a big sort of I think industry of cry bullying, which was a large. That was a section in the video, in fact. Of your, uh, of your video, yes, it was. Um, uh, I, it was interesting. I'm sure we'll get to the the. Yeah. the the different dynamics. I, I actually mentioned um, Scott Nat, the the Cybernats in the video briefly, but I, it, it was not the main point of the thing. So I was like, yeah. "Yes, this is a thing. I know it happened during the indie ref. I know. I'm aware. I just a lot of my writing was defensive against like because like half of my audience is Scottish, and I'm like, "No, I know you exist. I'm just trying to write a thing <laughs> for a specific context." Um, I'm silenced by the 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 unionist conspiracy yet again yeah you hate to see it um (laughs) but yeah um if you're if you're wondering uh the the uh the bit at the start i immediately thought of a better bit straight after i published the video and it will be in the next it'll be in the next (laughs) video Um, but i need to get my like voiceover voice ready it's like has this ever happened to you and like just go from there um Anyway, uh, yeah, so I need to remember what my sections of the video were. So hold on, I need to get the script up, actually, real quick. Uh, also, I called it Diagnosing Agrocentrism because I was married to the uh, to the gimmick that I came up with. So I just completely lent into that. It was good. You uh, started with yeah. taxonomies. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was like I gave a brief introduction. Which is, guy, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, <laughs> who are the agrocentrists? And so I, I basically, as someone pointed out to me, like, oh, you could have talked about how the Lib Dems constantly picking, like, the worst leader is just the final defeat of Kennedy's section of liberals. I'm like, I know that. I just had a limited amount of time and I don't want to talk about the Lib Dems because let's be real. Who wants to talk about Lib Dems? <laughs> I don't even think the Lib Dems are, like, the most aggro of the agrocentrist anyway. Like, yeah, it's like, a kind of different thing. My point no, was, like, yeah. my point was, like, the, the re- the, any agrocentrists who are in the Lib Dems are not agrocentrists because they're Lib Dems. They're agrocentrists <laughs> right, for right, other yeah. reasons, right? Yeah. Like the pro-EU FBPE brain poisoning reasons, mostly. I found, at least in, in Scotland, the Lib Dems are almost um, heartwarming because they'll try to be as, like, you know, viciously aggressive about their shitty centrist liberalism, but they, they, they can't really put their heart into it that much. They're so... Mm. non-committal about everything they can't even be you know properly shitty about what they purport to believe um which i always find quite funny it's kind of cute like are you you're trying to be abusive right now but but you're not it was like when the it was like the time stone toss tried to um get a pile on me and i got some dms and it was people going the artwork for your podcast sucks (laughs) (laughs) i uh Oh, Someone man. called me the F word and they censored it in the DM. And I was oh, like, that's brilliant. That's so good. <laughs> like, I didn't even get any nasty DMs yesterday. I feel kind of left out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just hate to see it, really. I even turned off my quality filters. Nothing. Nothing. They've gone soft. <laughs> Yeah, just begging t- for someone to to abuse you, but no one's there. Like, I am literally courting it <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I uh, keep trying to get, I keep trying to get like, you know, like massive flag shagger unionist Twitter mad at me because it's great for numbers, right? That they're, 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 they're completely awful. I just want like replies full of union jack flags and fucking laugh cry emojis, but they never bite. And I think it's because I'm not an ethnic minority or a woman, at least not visibly, mm. you know, they yeah, might yeah, consider gonna... Jewish, 
but 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 you know like i'm 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 not a visible non-white person so they never bite um but um every account i can think of that does like some kind of scottish cultural output on on twitter <laughs> that's been brigaded by like george galloway types and you know bald angry uh oh, God, i love that george galloway is still a thing that's great yeah um bored but bored bald football fans has ended up getting shitloads of followers because they're so disgusting about it and everyone sympathizes with who they're piling on to. Yeah, Todd but it hasn't happened. Uh, they're Todd, just not fighting. Todd made a point, which is you're not Ash Sarkar or Owen Jones. It was actually Owen Jones complaining about this that made me want to do the video because he was like, every time I tweet about something, there are a bunch of centrists who uh come in and start bashing me and defending the right and i'm like yes that's because you know and i wanted to like make this clear that agrocentrism is a thing a capital a capital t thing like it's an actual distinct thing and i wanted to present it that way as best i could in the in the time that i had on the video and um i don't know i feel like i managed to do a good job of making it making that case i don't know that i did it completely i didn't have enough time really to do it i don't think i wrote too much but the first, like, serious substantive section was just the Change UK, the cucks. That was, like, the... It's the only time they've ever been treated seriously by anyone. Was by oh, me. Can we just... Before we move on, can we just uh, just say congratulations to Chuck Amane for his new position at J.P. Morgan? That's uh, really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we're happy for him. Um, yeah. And so, basically, the Change UK section was one... Uh, basically just an excuse for me to dunk on the pro-EU position, which is, you know, the how's Lexit going type of agrocentrism that you will get. And I'm like, well, they at least got the exit component of it, so I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. But I really wanted to, um, to to just throw in a bunch of Mike Gapes clips, basically. <laughs> that was the whole point of that section, really, of treating them. But they they are distinct. Like like um, we mentioned the Lib Dems earlier. The agrocentrist Lib Dems are not agrocentrist because they're Lib Dems. It was because they were pro EU, you know, people who were losing their mind, or they were like recently ex Labour people, you know, like the Alistair Campbell types who 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 got himself kicked out for publicly admitting that he uh, didn't vote for Labour, which is a clever big brained move i suppose mm -hmm. uh, I, I do have a, an attempted diagnosis of this which is that um when the, the 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 harper's letter about cancel culture uh came out one of the questions that i was dealing with was why what is the purpose for this right what's the political sort of um progress that's being attempted to be made here and I think what I got to was that it's it's an attempt at reclaiming the you know global superiority of like neoliberal status quo centrist Clintonism sort of politics, and if you tie that to people who used to be powerful in the sense that they were part of the milieu that controlled the national political discourse, right, or 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 political cultural discourse, and have now found themselves sidelined by things like Corbynism or like the Bernie Sanders movement, it makes a lot more sense for them to be very, very aggressive about trying to reclaim that territory and stake that back out. The Lib Dems were never really in control of anything. So they don't have that same loss, right? Yeah. They don't have the same sort of anger about, no, There's this no is grievance. mine. Yeah. yeah. I, I did literally have a, have a section that I had to cut, which was um, like describing them as a politics of grievance 
and trying to make the case that this but i ended up just sort of integrating that into other bits of the script because it was getting very very long you you people don't know how quickly i can write and how much i write um it's yeah, pr- i think that isn't exactly right what elijah was saying that like the that's part of the reason why there's there's so like angry and why this particular group are so angry i think the other side of it is for the f the the fbpe the europe the european uh, the EU folks, the reason they're so angry is for the first time in a long time, politics was actually affecting them in a very real way yeah. rather than just being like a abstract debate, a game that they could, or, or like Chuck Almane is, is a great avatar of as like a career progression to something better. It was suddenly like an actually real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, you made that note in my... So there's a section we will come to later, which I really, really wanted to expand on, which everyone knows I really wanted to expand on, I think, um, where you made that point in the note, which was like, this is the thing. You have described the thing, the problem, which is the civility section. We'll come to that a bit later. But like, I really wanted to talk about the, the fury, the fuming fury that comes from people who demand civility. It's fantastic. Yeah. But, wait, Geraint, uh, what are your thoughts? Why are these people so angry? Go on, give us, give us your thought. <laughs> Why are they so angry? I think, in short, there's there's often a lot of underlying shit to it, but I think, in general, they're used to either being in control politically or having the people they like being in control, depending on what sort of level they're at. And then you had a fairly quick one-two of Corbyn becoming leader of Labour and Brexit, and that combination really broke a lot of people. Well, some of them, of course, are only mad about one of those things, or more mad about one of them. But it, it, it's so that one too has, has really um, got a lot of people who might have been a bit annoying online before, um, uh, a bit of a nuisance, go absolutely nuclear, and also something to rally around and find each other as well. So they build these little networks of dangers. Yeah, in fact, you you told me that I was missing from my taxonomy, like one of the one of the main things, which is like the Harry's place type of thing that I just I yeah. couldn't really figure out where yeah. to put that without um, getting weird Sorry, kind of, they're a bit longer term but they they obviously their thing is they are they are anti-islamist I'm doing the, the hand finger things yeah. right now you can't see it but um, that's their justification and their sort of rallying point trying to do it respectfully but obviously not not really trying to do it respectfully or fooling anyone but They've obviously had longer to sort of embed themselves into into the media and the, the public uh, sphere, and it's it is a lot of the same people that have, you know, obviously uh, with Corbynism in particular, a lot of the the attacks on it were either based on or were very angry about the idea that his foreign policy, more so than his domestic policy, might be very radical, and. <laughs> This is where they all got these paranoid fantasies about Stalin returning is basically from Harry's place. It used to be the fact if you met any sort of reasonably veteran leftist in any context, um, if you were like, what do they sound or not? They seem sound. You could Google their name and one of the top results would be Harry's place telling you they were a terrible person who supported terrorists. (laughs) And that would usually be the point you'd be like, yeah, they're sound. Uh, Elijah, right. you want to jump in? I, 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 I've been here for 10 years, right? I moved to the UK 10 years ago. I have never heard the terms Harry's Place and Eustonites brought up until this year, until the past few months. What the fuck is it? Is it a blog? That, I thought Harry's Place was a blog, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, so what's the milieu? What's the social grouping here? Or or the okay, historical so one? The, the the broadly huge overlap between the two, like Houston Manifesto and Harry's Place. Houston Manifesto was like a, a post September eleventh declaration of like uh we, the decent left, will stand up against uh, terrorism and, and tyranny and stuff. Basically, they meant Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like people like Nick Cohen and that sort of um, centre-right people who've got like some left credentials from 20 years ago. A lot of columnists, a lot of very upper-middle-class, respectable, high-society-type people. And this um, was a mainstream force? This was like a driving... No, not, not really. It tried to be. It got a big launch. It, okay. It got a, a huge launch. All the papers were covering it like fairly adoringly, but it never really caught on in that sense. Harry's place was a bit more of like a, I'm not saying much here, but a slightly wider version of the same thing. It was hammering the same stuff, and it was based on you know uh, quite heavily influenced by um, a guy called Norman Geras, who was like a, a former left winger who had a similar sort of turn uh, ideological turn and put an academic stuff about it and it was basically a blog focusing on that and it got more it sort of built up a, a cult following and became crankier and crankier and crankier basically supporting any sort of weird oddball american anti-muslim academic and stuff like the henry mm. jackson um the name of that academic rings a bell and I've just remembered where from when John and I were review- were sort of critiquing reviewing, the video will be out tomorrow by the way, the, uh, the open labour foreign policy pamphlet that was the person they kept re- re- referring <laughs> like, oh oh dear well, Yeah. <laughs> Depend- depending on when they're referring to him that's not necessarily too bad like it, it's it's one of the one of the more dramatic examples of like I prefer his earlier work because he wasn't <laughs> in danger then. He, 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 the, um, the pamphlet was bad. I think I, I, I'm right in saying that. Oh, the, the open um, la- uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's, it's open labor, so. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Holland syndrome. You know, someone whose brain was just completely broken by nine eleven, and then you have mm. this um, ongoing development uh, towards the usual destinations. Yes. Yeah. It, it was very much a London media sort of equivalent. Mm-hmm. Cool, interesting. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering a blog. Why is this a thing that you know, like, what the, yeah? Why do we care? <laughs> it's, has- it's one of these things. Like, it's 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 died off in the last few years because they've all gone after fifteen years of hammering away fire blogs and stuff like that. They've all gone mainstream and found each other on Twitter. Uh-huh. So it is people like Falcon Malteser and that used to worship it when it was more active. Um, so it's sort of come to bigger prominence in the sense you can sort of find a danger and trace them back, and they'll be like citing Harry's place shit. Um, they have origin stories. Yeah, okay, oh cool. yeah, like uh, that explains a lot. You know, it's yeah. fucking glass, but but for dangers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Twitter is starting. Twitter characters are starting to get origin stories. This is getting dangerously out of control. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, that was um, they. They probably would have gone between like my progress Blairites and the FBPE lot. Probably in the progress Blairite lot, where most of what I talked about was uh, how hilarious it is that they think Butch Shulstart is a real argument against the Iraq War, um, and like they are incredibly. This is again. This is links back to the thing we said earlier, which a lot. A lot of the grief 
is over loss, basically. Loss of control, loss of status, loss of power, perceived power or association with power. So you could think of agrocentrism as like the anger stage of grief, if you like. <laughs> like and unfortunately for you all, the stage will never end. Um I got yeah. like the worst possible news for you all. It's never gonna end. Pathological terrified, they can't, because every time they do get into power, they're going to fail. And they'll blame it on not themselves and their unworkable policies and approach to politics, but an invented communist menace. Yeah. I mean, like, they're timed, the, the sort of progress, as much as Biden might be evidence against this, but the sort of progressive neoliberalism of Blairism is dead and it will never come back. Like, <laughs> you're fucked in that sense if you're a, if you're a, a agrocentrist. Wow, that was a pretty harsh diagnosis right there. <laughs> like, not you're fucked. It's over. Can you? I'm. I'm just glad we don't have to deal with people arguing that six hundred dollars plus fourteen hundred dollars is the two thousand dollars that mm. everyone was promised, and it's fine. I feel like, like that's it, partly because our lot would never even countenance giving <laughs> the money in the first place. Like. W- <laughs> You know. Biden is a savvier operator than Starmer. I've said this before. Like Biden is at least doing the bare minimum of trying to 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 fool the left, yeah. right? Of that recuperative mm-hmm. effort that the American Democratic Party um, knows it kind of has to do. It, it it has to keep voters on side. People who like Bernie Sanders, people who like AOC, it, it has to you know bring them back into the party machinery. And Starmer doesn't seem to realize that it's 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 bad politics. Even if you like, like from the perspective of his own ideology, right? It, it it's it's bad. It's wrong. It's not going to work. Also, you, <laughs> also like if you have them in house, you can steal some of their less offensive to you ideas that might actually work. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That's what I mm-hmm. fucking do. <laughs> like you know. On the other hand, we don't have to have interminable conversations about whether you know this one sort of lefty MP is a traitor or oh, is actually good. You know, yeah. like we don't have <laughs> British AOC discourse. Yeah. Oh, but we know. do. It's just not that kind of discourse. Um. <laughs> Jess Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some incredible names sort of cited as, as the British AOC. I actually I think Pierce Farmer is the British AOC. I think so. Yeah. Do you remember when, uh, when Chuck I think Jim Murphy, that... he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when, when Chuck did that spread in Italian GQ and he wanted to be called <laughs> the, the British Obama. Oh, my God. Oh, I remember he, he, that. He's been yeah. pushing that so hard. Yeah, like he tried to coin it himself, the yeah. British Obama. Which, by the way, fair play, I too have tried to coin my own nicknames. They just don't stick. Um, you can't, like, going around the playground and trying to get everyone to call you the British Obama is just the fucking saddest thing in the world. Like, it's, it's utterly Seinfeld. It's my nickname will be T-Bone. Coco the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a, a fun since, thing to do. A yeah, fun thing to do is just to seriously like give you a sincere view that the closest thing we've got to a British AOC is Zara Sultana. Like, just p- p- politely say that in response to someone suggesting someone else, and watch them absolutely freak out. Yeah, that I died. You know what? I've invited enough trouble this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, since he's been mentioned, on Trucker, what is everyone's favourite conspiracy theory as to why he dropped out of the Labour leadership race in 2015? Um, uh, <laughs> well, there's the commonly known conspiracy theory, but I don't know whether it's true or not, so, you know, 
that there was material about him and his, you know, him potentially being bisexual. I don't know if that's true. And that I thought it was a, I thought it was a BDSM club. I mean, either either way, fine, right? Like, I don't care. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> like, yeah, these would be like the least bad things about him. Yeah, like, yeah. If he was if he was either bisexual or into BDSM or both, it would have been fine. It wouldn't have it would have meant he still lost the leadership I mean, election. But like, maybe that was I mean, what the, he was figuring out. To be fair. Well, the question then is: Is he a top or a bottom? I think his head would fit very smoothly into a gimp mask. You know. Just <laughs> do not Photoshop that image for me. I do not want to see it. Um, One time, I almost accidentally walked into a gimp, uh, a gimp party in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying oh. to imagine what Edinburgh BDSM sounds like. It was, it was incredible. I was just like, I was out on a night out with one of my friends, and we were like. It was like middle of winter, so we were being, wearing like big woolly jumpers, and we were just deep in conversation after being at a pub. We went up to this pub in uh, uh, Cowgate, and, we're, and the bouncer just looked at us funny and went, uh, "Sorry guys, private party tonight." And then my friend was like, he was getting kind of like pissy with it. He was like, "Oh, you don't have to be rude about it. You could have just like said it was normal, said normally." And the guy was like, oh, "I didn't think I would have to say it was a private party." And he gestured behind him to like twenty gimps just looking at <laughs> us like we were weirdos. <laughs> Oh, there we, there we go. It's the, it's, the, it's the Ian Murray uh, Loyal Supporters Club. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake, we're going to have to burn the VOD again two nights in a row. Think of I, I, meant, I meant a different, not famous at all, Ian Murray. Yes. Just a random bloke who lives in Edinburgh. There's a lot of them about. Just think of the buffet. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually quite hungry, so that was not a great thing to say to me right now. <laughs> this, this barbecue smells funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alright, so my final like bit of the taxonomy was like the soft left, who I did not talk about for a long time on purpose because I can't be dealing with this shit, basically. <laughs> like, I don't want to get yelled at by anyone, <laughs> like, which apparently is not a wish I can ever have fulfilled any week of my life. Um, PDSM All You Can Eat Buffet is an incredibly powerful idea. Um... Uh, but yeah, um, I basically treated the soft left of Labour like a semi-permeable membrane with centrism because I was like, I can't be bothered to explain it in any more complicated way. Some of them are centrist, some of them aren't, and some of them move between in and out. That, you know, yeah. I don't know. And it depends on the issue. A lot of them are very, as we discovered from that pamphlet, uh, not great on foreign policy. Um, it's the closest we have to, like, a narco Bidenist you know people who 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 use a lot of left-wing imagery and they hit all the right talking points and then they will with a straight face argue that the, the best way to achieve this is to make common cause with the the, the labor right do, do you the remember the anarcho-syndicalist blairite account who remembers that one? Oh, oh dear <laughs> discord did the thing um sorry everyone give me one second i hope you enjoy the uh the... Tog. sorry everyone <laughs> Do not post hog. I am warning you <laughs> not to post hog on this stream. <laughs> I can't believe how many libels we fitted into that 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was impressive. <laughs> um, semi-centrist is a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the anarcho-syndicalist who was a Blairite, which was one of my favourite like combinations yeah. of ideologies that has ever occurred. 
so good. It's, it's a beautiful piece of post in that. Yeah, I mean, if it was a bit, it would be one of the best bits of all time. So, <laughs> I don't know. Council of Communism, but with PFI. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine how that would work. And I'm, just, my, uh, I'm going to start bleeding out of my ears into my headphones trying to figure this one I mean, out. To my does, knowledge... Does anyone remember the account Blair Supporter? I think it's gone obscure now, but it was it was like a an anti Corbyn account before Corbyn, if that makes sense. It was like um full time hardline Blairite and um he would he would add people to lists, you know, the lists you can get on Twitter. Oh, and he had like man. ten of them and he was like madmen, lefty trolls, uh, Iraq haters, Iraq denialists and all this. Iraq and there was one that was like they denied was one the that war. Was like, Yeah. <laughs> they denied it was good. <laughs> what and is that about, like, like anti-leftists and making lists? Yeah, I know, but the, one of them was like very unbalanced Blair haters, and I was so angry because he like added me to all his other lists, but not that one. <laughs> I was trying so hard to get officially classified as a very unbalanced Blair hater, which at the time was a hundred percent like factual, but so, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't couldn't pull it off. So I, uh, I, I would, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, that's, that's I think I eventually like. Sorry? That sounds like Robbie Travers' alt account. <laughs> close. Close. <laughs> Eventually I got I got on his bad side by rebranding <laughs> to like Blair supporter, but like Lionel Blair and adding him to like very unbalanced Blair haters for not celebrating Lionel Blair. But there was a rumour going around for a long, long time that this was John Rental's alt. Oh my oh, god, please. <laughs> someone at some point I can't remember the specifics of this, but someone had found like some slightly weird grammatical error or phrasing of a phrase that Blair supporter had used. And like the only person that ever used it on Twitter that showed up on a public Twitter search was John Rental. <laughs> so it was something someone had made up as a joke to start with. Oh, it sounds like Rental's alt. And like we all became convinced it actually was. It's especially like keen details about 15th century Eastern Europe. Yeah, he, 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 he has very detailed accounts of meeting Mehmet the Conqueror. Um, <laughs> a friend of the stream, John Rantoul, who always seems to enjoy replying to me and being humiliated. So, and look, John, if you're watching this, I know that some centrists do enjoy watching this stream, apparently. If you're watching this, you should at least pay me for the privilege these days. I mean, really, look, I gotta, ma- I gotta pay rent, man. I got Satanism button shirts to sell. But like, you know, <laughs> it's just, I, I love these alts. I love all of the alts and how there, there was the famous alt, of course, that was a She-Ra character who uh, posted incredibly <laughs> unhinged things. And again, this is exactly. under the umbrella of agrocentrism and we thought it was a former MP. That was our suspicion of who that was. Um, oh, is that Heyadora or something? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> nasty, nasty fuckers. Like the, 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 I mean, I, ugh, man, you get drawn into things against your will, yeah, because of the the relentless shithousery, and especially if you're like Jewish to an extent, you know, it's it, it's it, it's not something I ever gave a shit about, but they're so nasty about it. You you have to respond, you have to take a stand, and I feel bad because I don't want to get dragged down to the to their level, right? You, you don't want to get dragged into the muck. And by the way, congratulations for showing everyone exactly how to deal with someone attempting that Sinan. Oh yeah, thank um, you. Um... Yeah, fucking walk right there. Um... Um, I, <laughs> I've done it. I, I, it's a gatehouse. 
I, I, I've, I have, it's well known, had to deal with this on more than one occasion. So, and the bark is often much worse than the bite. And so, even even if you rock up to my stream, I will be unfazed because you are not in charge of the stream. I am in charge of the stream, which makes it incredibly easy for me to do what I did last night. Um, I might specifically <laughs> cut out the bit where that the bit with my mum and the bit with the uh, the, the guest of honor who was not my mum last night, and uh, I might share that with some friends on an unlisted YouTube video. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that might be what's happening. And, um, <laughs> Because you you did not want to miss last night's stream. I, apologies to anyone who did. It was amazing. I had a wonderful time, and for, and uh, yeah. Um, but I was oh god. I'm trying to think now. John, uh, uh, the ridiculous accounts that we had to deal with, and just getting pulled into it. Will I be selling clips? No, this is not. Um, this is not that kind of stream or website. <laughs> just to be very clear. Um, Swap.avi, but it's just that clip. Ah, oh, FFF <laughs> didn't mention you by name. You hate to see it. You see, you got to be like the big name king shit poster like me to be like added from behind the block. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, as we all know, is the way that you would get my attention is to at me from behind the block. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I'll talk about how funny this was now because I was in at the dentist when it all kicked off, and I was like. I suppose I was getting my teeth polished by my hygienist as it all kicked off, and I'm not checking my phone. And I come home and I'm freezing, and I get I got a DM, lots of DMs, as you might imagine, from people. <laughs> and the first one I opened was from Nas, who friend, who's uh, on the stream sometimes, and it was like, "Are you doing all right? I just saw the nasty post." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I just found out I'd been the main character when I wasn't um, when I wasn't even there. I didn't even get to enjoy it. <laughs> You think- living your best life with with someone else's hands in your mouth. I mean, uh, uh, you, maybe after the stream, we'll talk about um, we'll talk about my trip to the dentist. It's not really <laughs> not really what we want. Um, a good time was had by all, except the special guest. Well, that was rather the point of the stream, I suppose. Um, right. Okay. So that so that's the taxonomy section of the video done, which I thought I did quite well in. Uh, note for improvement would probably be trying to make the point a bit quicker on some of these because I did add a lot of waffle because I am very insecure in my writing and so we'll add a lot of stuff. But that that's something Geraint and John will know more about than Elijah because they got the sneak peek of the of the uh of the script. I much enjoyed the video. I'm, I'm I, I I very much enjoy it. Yeah the and feedback, I'm an avid feedback. consumer. Yeah, the feedback was uni- was pretty much universally positive except for the one guy who obsessively downvotes all of my videos downvoting it. <laughs> I did notice that when I was when I was watching. I was like, oh, the one down vote. Yeah, I, I really like whoever that is, though. I, I kind of appreciate that they're they're bothering with that. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to inspire that degree of passion and commitment with people who fucking hate you. Like, yeah, it's 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 especially fun um, when you're as irrelevant as me that someone feels the need to just to just downvote my thing as a point of principle at this point. Uh, but yeah, so- one thing, funny thing on on that bit of people who have random hatreds. Uh, Tom Nicholas was talking about that the other day. How the, he's got a bunch of folk who follow his YouTube channel with the inexplicable uh, desire to prove that he's not really English and he's putting <laughs> on a fake English accent. Oh, <laughs> uh, but to but if he admitted he was English, he would have to be thrown in jail. So he, yeah, they've got him. Cat yeah. Right too, yeah. The only worse thing than being English is stealing English valour. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah, you go you. The problem was uh, the performance. And I, I um, as you can tell, I'm not bad at performing. I just perform in a very specific format where I get to veer off in lots of directions and talk shit with people. It, um, I think part of it is going to be practice. Part of it is going to be uh, finding a better solution for actually having the script in front of me somehow with my limited setup. But that was my main thing that I was like, yeah, I wish I'd performed a bit more smoothly. But what can you do? After, it's the first effort, everyone. It's not, you know. I, that was much better than my first effort of doing videos, like <laughs> in terms of presentation. That was like miles above me. Well, thanks, Sean. I appreciate that because you know, as as much as I said, like Owen Jones was the like his encounter with these types of people was why I made it. Also, John doing YouTube made me think, well, why can't I do it? And um, <laughs> yeah, um, which is inspiration in its own way. That sounded much more like backhanded than it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> if even you can do it then <laughs> no I want to be clear that I really enjoy John's work and it's really good and like you should go watch his videos I do enjoy them I watch every single one before I retweet them I make sure just to make sure that I'm not like dunk dunking on you in the middle of it yeah I have to double check and even if you did I'd probably still retweet it because they're that good <laughs> I've just seen the chat talking about stealing English Valor and I wanted to um well, I just remembered a time I got into a heated argument with an English person because I told them that black pudding, being from Stornoway, was not an acceptable element of a full English breakfast. If you include black pudding, it becomes a full Scottish. <laughs> and they got really, really mad at me. The thing is, I really, like, I really like black pudding, so I don't care what it is, black man. Black just... fucking owns, man. Yeah, I was man. just trying to wind someone up by saying, it... no, that's not an English. You're not allowed to have the black pudding. <laughs> Uh, I love policing the boundaries of Englishness. It's, it's just such a powerful bit. <laughs> oh, man, I really want the black pudding now. See, this is the thing, because I didn't really eat properly before the stream. I'm just, like, thinking about food half the time. So maybe we should power on. Uh, so I did, like, the what is aggro, and I know Elijah mentioned this, but, like, the first type of aggro I talked about was crybullying, which, again, bizarrely relevant to... Um, <laughs> who can say? Um... <laughs> But yeah, crybullying was the first type of... Uh, so basically, I had to like narrow it down from a list of like 10 different types of things that I had, I'd written down in my original notes because I can't do 10 types of what the, what is aggro because it would just take forever. And as much as I would have loved to have done like a part two, I, I feel like for a first YouTube video, you have to do it in one part, um, which was probably a clever decision. But the first one I did was crybullying. And Elijah, you were mentioning like the cybernats shit and the crybullying element of that. This was a big thing. This was huge. Um, I think it's because, um, yes, supporters being younger overall, we're also more online. And you would get like MSPs would get their mentions filled. Um, a bunch of Tory idiots would get people, you know, coming into their replies and like, you know, disproving them, sharing facts and logic. Um, but the cry building thing was, was not as excessive as it is now because, well, for a couple of reasons, one was the way they tried to do it was by just painting anyone who was an, in, was an independent supporter as being a nationalist and then trying to use that term nationalist or nationalism as being this catch-all for everything bad from Hitler to Stalin to, you know, Pol Pot to whatever, which didn't really land, of course, because that's a fucking insane argument to make. Um, and the other reason it doesn't land is because if you are an, if, if you see one of these like online 
um, like like loyalist types, right? People who care enough about the union to actually get involved and engaged and angry about it. They will try to do the cry bullying and say, "Oh, these 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 cyber, these vile cybernaths are 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 abusing me." It doesn't land though because these kinds of people are so over the top aggressive just because of like where their political development has come from right whether it's a a a sort of rangers fan club or whether it's being immersed in the queen and the orange order from birth you know that 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 specific type of political alignment and i'm not and i'm trying to be careful to to say explicitly that this is not all you know non-independent supporters is not all no voters this is if you're if you're into it enough that you're engaging online with people it doesn't land you can't do the cry bullying thing because you're just not going to be sympathetic enough as a character i love the idea uh, so of an orangeman marching past a, a, a church tweeting on his phone these these independent supporters are really hurting my feelings on twitter <laughs> It doesn't work. It's the Scottish far right, and the far right doesn't try the cry bullying thing. They're just, you know, outwardly aggressive. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the centrist, yeah, usually from like more English commentators. I would be so sad if you left. I'd be so sad if the country left. It, it would, it would make me so sad. Why don't you stay and let's fix everything together? Like, motherfucker, we've tried. Um, <laughs> Um, it's usually that you get your Andrew Neils. He tries it sometimes. He'll 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 come out with you know some bullshit um, uh, graph about economic development, and then he'll get a bunch of people going. Here's an article that disproves you completely, and then he'll do another tweet about how the vile cybernats are you know the hated cybernats have returned. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Neils not someone you would really associate with that kind of you know centrist melty cry bullying thing, right? Yeah. The Lib Dem will do it sometimes, but it, 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 it's not really, there's, I think what happens is there's an underlying attitude of chauvinism that is very hard to hide when English unionists are talking about, you know, or, or, or pe- people based in England are talking about the Scottish issue. And it doesn't really help that kind of image that they're trying to put out. It's 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 too hard to disguise. They end up being too dismissive, too patronizing, too chauvinistic. It doesn't really work. But they really tried to make it a thing. They tried to make the vile cybernats was the precursor to the jackbooted thugs of of the the Corbynite branch. The, the Corbyn you know, the, supporters the, marching into yeah. marginals with their Slipknot T-shirts and their long hair. That was actually a description <laughs> in a in in from a agrocentrist Twitter account, and I was like, "Hmm, that sounds familiar." <laughs> I can't be sure it is me, but um, you don't want social policies; you want psychosocial policies. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly it's a very. It's a very agrocentrist thing to basically get all their cultural reference points off like what's on sale for like three or five pounds in in fop so it tends to be like <laughs> cultural reference points from 10 years before like um they basically buy their whole personality off of uh like 
Three for two deals with HMP. It's very sad. It's why it's why I find it so strange. It it, it probably explains why they're so on top of like the two thousands metal scene in pop punk. <laughs> like when they're <laughs> making these references, they're like, "Yeah, the Slipknot shirts." I'm like, "Yeah, I have the Slipknot shirt because I saw them at Download, and it's a comfortable shirt." Like it's it's literally not because I like listen to Slipknot but, any much anymore. Uh, why why then are they not talking about the pigeon detectives? All these carbonite pigeon detective fans. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 I love all of the caricatures that they construct. I wish I could do like a sort of, maybe another video where I do like the centrist caricature types video, because they're all incredibly funny. Um, and also, uh, <laughs> uh, Mark, you shouldn't say that. Mick wrote for them. Yeah, no offense to Mick Wright, friend of the stream. Lovely bloke. We shouldn't be dunking on people who write for Q. Um, <laughs> or who wrote for Q, I suppose. Didn't, they don't do it anymore. Uh, yeah, but the crybullying thing, uh, you know, the the smaller account dunked on me, therefore I, I am a small bean, multi-tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands follower account. Uh, you know, we, we saw a lot of that recently, even. Like, it's just... <laughs> I, mean, I think that the crybullying thing and like the whole civility politics thing is like a further extension of that um, politics suddenly affecting you type thing. So Twitter is suddenly bringing politics to people's like face. Suddenly people are being told that your policies have killed people and are hurting people every day. And people are like, oh, this is really uncivil of people to bring up that uh, the yeah. policies of the government I continue to laud are, have been hugely destructive and have killed people. I don't like that. So that's what's uncivil, not the policies themselves. Yeah. We, we have this well documented in meme lore now from that, that picture of Leslie Nope uh, doing the face yeah. and said, you better be nice to me or I won't vote for healthcare. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> all the Bernie Sanders supporters, you know, the, the Bernie bros are, you know, awful. How, how dare they be rude to me just for saying that poor people should die. Um, yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah and the, and, the thing, the thing yeah. with like Twitter being politics, you know, happening to you, it's optional. Like you can log off. <laughs> like that's the thing. That's one of the funny things about like people who choose to get incredibly mad about what's happening online is you could just switch off your phone. You know, watch something on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever. You know, listen, listen to Tyler the Creator. You know how is <laughs> how is far left bullying even real? Just turn off your phone. Just walk away from the screen. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> And otherwise, it's just that Sean tweet, you know, I'm being brigaded again by the vile trolls just for provoking them with deliberate insults and lies. <laughs> That's just my whole fucking life on Twitter right now. <laughs> like, it's just like me responding to someone and people getting angry at me. And I'm like, yeah, like, all right, fine. I will I will say as, um, that I, I was shown some screenshots of people talking about me and they're, they're acting like I was a collective trauma to them. <laughs> like... Just like, oh yeah, I've seen that guy. He fucking owned me really bad. I was like, guys, you don't need to admit it. I know. Like, I'm aware. I remember every owning. I never forget. <laughs> it's the same playbook, right? It's it's exactly like when Bernie raised his voice, he reminded me of the time my boyfriend smoked three joints and threw a crock pot at the wall. That's why I can't vote for M Medicare for all. It, it, the voice killed me. <laughs> <laughs> the voice work on this stream has been off the charts. You guys didn't hear my voices before we we came on. <laughs> like, I, mean, 
as usual, there's a drill tweet about that that was like, I cannot in good conscience condone a Sanders presidency because I once vividly imagined him walking around twirling a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> drill, drill is the prophet. Like, it's the canon of yeah. Twitter at this point. Um, but yeah, so uh, we did the crybullying thing. Then it was obsessive anti-left content because the core thing here was like, was, yeah, these people, you'd think if you were a centrist, right? You And centrists like to define themselves, or as I said, they define themselves against both extremes. But it's weird, these particular types of people just particularly go after the left. You know, the left punching, or the fishhook theory, or, you know, whatever, whatever you like, right? However you choose to depict it. And I mentioned the particularly bad tweet that uh, someone did, where they... Um, someone decided to basically make fun of Jeremy Corbyn for getting spat at, which is like, well, you know, crying about civility and so on, and we're doing jokes about this during a pandemic, you know. Mm. But yeah. Um, this is... Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, the, this is where it gets a little more serious. Um, and if you have done any level of reading into the history of like far left movements and the history of burgeoning fascist movements like in Europe, like around the world. I think uh, the Jakarta Method is a recent book that's come out that is very good on this topic. Uh, if, I if... will be reviewing it for the stream <laughs> shortly. Um... Yeah, uh, I haven't read it yet. I'm interested to, to find it. But, but um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, how the, 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 the Basque ETA was uh, counteracted by a far-right movement that included, you know, high-ranking military officials and then, like, extreme uh, the Spanish far-right. The It's just fishhook theory, man. It's real, right? The, 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 the center is never the center. It's just a fake veneer of acceptability for what is ultimately going to be how liberalism or neoliberalism defends itself when the crises that are inherent to its existence become too tenuous and too tense and too strainful to deal with, which is fascism. And this is a development of it. This is getting there. These people aren't being inconsistent with the history of their belief system or their ideology. This is what they do. This is what, what they will do. The anti-communist aspect is a, is a fundamental part of how liberalism develops over history is my take because I don't, I, I, I don't consider liberalism and fascism to be two separate entities. I think one is a development of the other. And I, there was, I, how many of us have seen, I, I think we all probably would have seen it, but like uh, Marine Le Pen getting outflanked to the right by the yep. French interior minister. I don't want to get that wrong, but it's a minister in Macron's government. And her face is just like, wait, I can be, I can be, re I can look reasonable now. <laughs> Which... <laughs> break this one. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it was, I, I, uh, yeah, I watched that and I was like, Oh, that's that's not good. Um, that doesn't feel good, folks. Um, and then it's going to be last time around. It was vote for Macron so the fascists don't get in. This time it'll be vote for Le Pen so the fascists don't get in. They're just going to flip it on its head. Uh, it'll I, be great. You'll, you'll, you know, like the fuck do you do? I think a mutual of mine made the point that like, well, why would Muslims in France feel more threatened by Le Pen than Macron based off that? And I'm like, I can honestly tell you. <laughs> she was pretty clear explicitly said i believe in freedom of religion that's an important french value yeah and the guy was like you don't have any problems with worshiping you are soft on muslims and what, what, what 
well, I mean, I there you go. Trump's vote share in minority populations increased in the in last year's election. It was it was higher than it was the first time around. People don't talk about this. Why did that happen? Because liberalism doesn't offer a viable anti-racist front. And people can tell. People can yeah, listen pe- to your words. People will believe <laughs> their lying eyes, I think is, you know. Uh, yeah, so I wonder if John has some thoughts on the idea of liberalism and fascism being connected in that way, just because I'm not a political scientist and John <laughs> might know how to talk about this in a way that's I mean, uh, less clumsy than me. I don't have much more to add about uh, uh, on top of what Elijah said, I basically agree with what he's what he was saying there. Like the the reason that they'll attack the left over the right is because the left is a distinct ideology, whereas the right is just a continuation of their own perspectives. It's not a threat to their their positions for the people who are like who have cl- like um, the politicians, the media class. The right isn't a threat to their class position, but the left in a very real way is. So they'll they'll always attack the left, and they'll be like. They'll attack the right once the left is no longer an issue to be attacked because they need some sort of legitimacy for why they're there. Like the Guardian needs people to 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 like say, "Oh, th- thank thanks for the Guardian for still being there to fight against the right." But as soon as there's a left, they'll be like, "Well, fuck, fuck the left." Like that's that's almost that's going to hurt us if if the left gets taken off. I think I pretty much said exactly that in the video where I was like, yeah, yeah. One of my hypotheses about why these people are the way they are is they want the legitimacy of being the least bad option, which, you know, is fine, I guess. Um, It's just a terrible way to form your politics. Uh, And you mentioned, I I think I mentioned in this section, like, you know, it's class interest. It's, um, it's, it's, you know, prestige, it's position. It's all of these other things that are threatened by the left I kind of made that point in the Blairite section in the previous bit, which was like, these people thought they were entitled to positions in the Labour Party that would, you know, not necessarily pay, but afford influence. And, you know, so, yeah. Um, Geraint, do you want to jump in with anything? Because I know we've been ignoring you, basically, even though we have you here. <laughs> no, not not really. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just here for flavour and dunking, basically. Yeah. The dunking yeah. section. Um all right. Uh, what was my next section? Ah, the conspiracy theory section. Okay, so Geraint, this is this is all you. Because um, you will remember all of the conspiracy <laughs> I knew I was theories. Conserving my energy for something, <laughs> and I will not remember any of the conspiracy theories. Uh, I linked to the. I didn't link in the description. So pe- some people DM me like, "Hey, you know you didn't link to this thing you said you'd link to in the description." It's the <laughs> Wapplington Files. I don't know who. I forget who the author is. It might well have been Geraint. I don't know. Um, it, it, it was. It, it was a mysterious Mr. C. Lion who might well actually have been me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who can say? Um, but yeah, I, um, one of my, I, I mentioned my favourite uh, conspiracy theory, which was the Seamus Milne, you know, puppet master controlling Corbyn and, you know, conspiracy theory. That was one of my favourite mm-hmm. ones, but just because it gave us like the Mike Gibbs, Mr. Seamus Milne bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Geraint, uh, do you remember any particularly interesting uh, conspiracy theories that we might it might be worth talking about? <laughs> I remember quite a lot. Um, I mean, other than the ones that I, I put in that article, um, some of the most entertaining ones, there was one just not that long after that, where it came up in some um, 
interview in passing or something, or it might have been like one of uh, Corbyn's staff or, or colleagues or something said like, oh yeah, you know, he's he's in good shape. He, he goes for, um, you know, he goes jogging most nights for a couple of miles or something like that. It was like, basically, you know, he's in good shape for his age. He gets regular exercise for his age. And you can see he's, he's, his fitness levels are, are quite good um, compared with a lot of MPs uh, the same age or younger. Uh, and people went mad. People, um, particularly one Paul Richards, um, uh, a, a very bald in both the literal and spiritual sense. Um, he's just one of those people who's been hanging around the Labour right for like two decades and failing to get any further than being like a councillor or something. Cheerleading all the absolute worst bastards. Um, and he decided that this... Like Jeremy Corbyn came claiming he goes for a moderate length jog regularly was directly equivalent to like North Korean leaders saying I played golf for the first time yesterday and got twelve hole in ones and broke the course record. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and they were they were they were doing a full on like Corbyn jogging truther like oh yeah of course he keeps jogging all the time doesn't he yeah yeah and, and then he plays for Man United on the weekend and like. Like he's literally just getting some exercise, you know. He's a relatively fit for his age man getting a bit of exercise. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. You see people his age going for for jogs fairly regularly if you live near a park, you know. It's um, but the the guy was like really dedicated to it and was properly like, no, no, this this is um, this is just ridiculous, like myth making, you know, um. I, I want uh, I want everyone know, to know if I ever go for a jog, it is myth making because I will never do that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for a lot, loads of us who are supporters, it would be absolutely ridiculous if we claimed it, but not for him. Um, uh, there's some other ones as well. One that I couldn't I couldn't find the tweet about it, so I didn't put it in the article as well. But um, Matt Zab cousin came to prominence quite quickly uh, towards the end of his time working for Corbyn. Because a lot of the press kind of erroneously tried to report that he'd been like forced out or quit because he didn't like Corbyn or something, and he challenged that. But also because he wasn't working for Corbyn anymore, he became a bit more aggro again because he was able to without getting anyone else in trouble. So they all hated him and were trying to find ways of attacking him. And one of the ways they found to attack him was to claim that he was secretly like fifty-one years old or something like that. I can't remember the exact <laughs> amount, but there was, just, there was a claim that he was like twenty years older than he was. And there was no like evidence provided or anything. It's just like fucking Matt's up cousin. He's like fifty, and he tries to talk like he's one of the youth or something. If he is fifty, Not, fair yeah. play. Like he looks good. <laughs> nothing, nothing to it whatsoever. But of course, we all immediately believe, like, pretended it was true. <laughs> <laughs> I um, friend of the stream, Matt's up cousin. Who knows? He might return. Um, we, we might, we might see if we can get him back and make him watch me play Crusader Kings three again. Um, I'm, I'm big fans of the panel development between Brianna Joy Gray and Matt Zarb cousin. As I think they had the same job as well. Um, Pretty for much, yeah. Status quo, respectively. And then as soon as it was over, his fucking gloves off. You know, he fuckers. This, yeah, <laughs> it was we, great. We we do like we do like uh, Matt Zarb cousin on the stream. And yeah, knowing yeah. Seamus Milne is 61. Yeah, I made that point in the video. Yeah. Like wow. I mean, he looks he, just to know, say. 
Just to say a quick congrats to Matt as well. With him being in his 80s, he's just about to get his second dose of the vaccine. So, <laughs> can, we, can we get some uh, golden tonties in the chat for Matt, who's, of course, getting his yeah. vaccine because of Tony Blair's rare interventions? Um, he's, only lo- he's only just lost his hair as well, you know. <laughs> That's quite impressive. Oh, I loved when Matt shaved his head and it just... He he invited... He knew what he was doing. It was, he confronted uh, the boldness. It was admirable. I, um, we It was a question we asked him on stream. I felt really bad because the chat kept asking it. I was like, Matt, uh, why did you shave your head? <laughs> and he was like, well, my partner doesn't mind, so what can you do? I'm like, all right then, you know? I, I didn't, that was the most hostile question that the chat kept asking and I felt bad about asking it because I was like, it was meant to be a nice chat about lots of stuff, but... Um, <laughs> bald but not bald yeah exactly That's. I, I might do a video where I explain the concept of political baldness um, we, need a, we need a shit posting YouTuber um, yeah I did the, yeah. the, the, the the harassment of you know just harassment and bullying section basically I wrote it as harassment in the little the horrible square that I had hovering near my head that looked terrible. Just on um on on the uh, conspiracy theory point and the one about uh about um Bastani's PhD, I thought that was like I think that is a really interesting like example of of ideology at work because the it's like the idea that that Bastani doesn't really have a PhD is I think really linked to how neoliberalism has this like fetishization of technocracy and of people who have the right qualifications to get into certain positions. But as soon as you've got someone who goes against the particular ideology that, that you're espousing, that people who have these qualifications and are in these positions should espouse, suddenly you've got to go, well, surely they, they must not really have that qualification. It must be fake, can't really be qualified if you don't agree with me, the smart person in the room. So... I enjoyed that they particularly focused on passing without corrections. I did a whole set. There was a whole section of this, and I found the most galaxy brain image I could for the like section title. Um, and I think it was yeah. like multiple <laughs> galaxies. <And> like... <laughs> it's, but, yeah. it's like the right wingers who who keep trying to prove that Martin Luther King plagiarized his doctoral uh, thesis. It's it's the same energy. Yeah. Oh, this is another one, by the way, on, on the topic of Bastani PhD. I've I've just remembered um, a different agrocentrist, uh, a, a music journalist, in fact, um, oh, no. a guy called uh, Joe Muggs. Um, That's not he, a real he... name. I'm sorry. Hold on. No one is called <laughs> Joe Muggs. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it, no, he really is called Joe Muggs. But he, <laughs> First he, name he goes wants... in his last name. Right. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. Go ahead, Grant. Right. Sorry. <laughs> he, he he once genuinely accused me of having a PhD, the exact reverse of the Vasnadi <laughs> trutherism. I don't. I've done no postgrad. I've just got an undergrad degree, and that's it, and not actually even studied for any postgrad stuff. But it's like, oh, the fucking PhD left are coming for me again. And it was just me calling him a dickhead or I, something, you I, know? I, I he invented they... this whole backstory for me that was mostly just complete bollocks. <laughs> I wish they'd do that to me so I could pretend I don't just have a Mercer's degree, which is objectively the funniest yeah. degree, sadly. Um... I was tempted to, to ask him a bit more so I could like put it on my CV and maybe use him as a reference, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It, oh, good lord. Yeah, I, I guess we can talk about like the abuse bullying factor because like, the example I mo- mostly talked about was like Jess Phillips and Diane Abbott and all of the shit Diane Abbott has to go through. Um, 
which is in the public. So that was the one I picked to talk about because it's public figures. Everyone knows who the people involved are. Everyone knows the roles of those people. I just used that as my narrative device because it was uh, just simpler for me to do that rather than constantly allude to the various things that I was told by various people about what agrocentrists get up to in the DMs. Uh, it's not good, folks. That's all I will say. It's not good and it's not It's not all right. Um, it's just, yeah. I, I don't know if we want to talk about that too much or just go back to Aaron Bastani PhD trutherism because <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the next set. Oh, no, the next section was like my portrait of an agrocentrist and... It's basically what we've already talked about. It's like comfortable people, middle class people. Gen X is what I guessed, basically, age-wise. But it turns out some of them are quite young. I realized after I published, I was like, some of these people are way younger than I thought, like in their 30s. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's that's not good on any front, really. Um, the ones in their 30s surely must be the ones who came through like student politics. That's what I would imagine. Yeah, I, I feel like that's uh, another. That's a thing I probably could have mentioned if I hadn't got like bogged down in the particular portrait. I think because there is everyone. If anyone has ever interacted with anyone into student politics, they're a dickhead. Like I, I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. They're usually a dickhead. Um, student I'm politics so sucks, man. Yeah, I'm so glad I was too lazy in an undergrad to even think about getting involved in student politics because that like. Fucking hell, that place, it's just a festering bed of toxicity. I'm glad I was, I was too busy partying, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I was just too cool, that was it. I was <laughs> I was fairly involved, I got like mini-cancelled at some point because um, people thought that uh, my my presence at a house party was, was um, an expression of patriarchy because I'm two metres tall and I have, lou- I have large lungs, I'm very loud. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Are you saying you got height gap discoursed before height gap discourse was a thing? Is that what... (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is... I was... You know, I'm a loud, visible male in a space and I'm taking up too much. It it was a combination of, like, man-spreading discourse, height gap discourse, (laughs) like, like everything. Um, (laughs) Student politics was... I mean, there were some good times. We did a student... um, newspaper that we wrote ourselves it lasted for a good year before everyone who was involved with the founding graduated and then no one else could pick up the slack we called it the hammer and seagull oh that's good that, nice yeah, pretty good nice logo um it still has an article that i share every year around november about the cult of the poppy uh written by then friend andrew dunn who since has become a published author in gallic um, oh. But student politics, from what I remember, was it it was either this hyper individualistic um, walking on eggshells constantly, unless you do something cancelable before cancelling was a term, or it was this the the smarmy Jack Straw, Robbie Travers careerist shite. Um, one guy in a in an AGM stood up and said that the people who were voting against having a Starbucks on campus um, were windmill obsessives and wanted to destroy the world so that they could put windmills everywhere. Hell yeah. And I thought, I windmill thought this was Joe. a piss <laughs> not, 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 for, um, not to save the climate, but because they just love crazy golf. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, 
it, it was great. I thought he was taking the piss, and then I asked around. He's like, "No, he's he's dead fucking serious. He's convinced <laughs> that tree huggers are actually windmill huggers, and there's a Scottish government conspiracy to put these big fucking windmills everywhere yes. along the coast." Um, <laughs> is he is he confused windmills for wind turbines? Is that what I'm like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what's ha- yeah. That that was it. But that's still, a pretty embarrassing um, mistake, I have to say. That, <laughs> it was an incredible way to argue for having a Starbucks on campus, and we were just worried that it would put our lo- you know our local high street independently run cafe out of business that we loved so much. It's just fucking weird, man. Yeah, that was student politics. There was no good. All right. <laughs> aspect of it. <laughs> I, 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 I could feel myself age as we talked about student politics. So, um, we did talk a bit about the Aaron Bastani yeah, PhD quite... truthism, but yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, just this was before Julian. Yes, this was 2012. Oh, my God. 2012. <laughs> the best year of the UK, as we well know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Aaron Bastani PhD truthism. So, the reason I picked that as the example is. Well, it was basically the funniest thing I could think of. It was the thing that I could present in the most light-hearted way, because the characters in it are such clowns, basically. <laughs> like, and also because a similar thing happened to me, as I mentioned, when a bunch of the a bunch of middle-aged Lib Dems were like, "You can't have read Orwell and Harry Potter because your takes are bad." And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, I have a master's degree in physics. I can read. They questioned whether I was literate, which was very funny. <laughs> And I'm like, how, how do you tweet if you're illiterate? I know, like, this is the thing. Like, do, do I get like text to speech? Do I like speech to text or something? I don't know. I don't know what they thought I was doing. Like, getting my partner to tweet on my behalf, maybe. <laughs> like, you've got a scribe. Oh yeah, Just that's like Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> I, I really want to get a Twitter scribe now. <laughs> <laughs> Applications will be opening next month for um. Yeah, Trump is illiterate in tweets. Well, tweeted. Yeah, um, that's that was a that was a big <laughs> moment in shit posting history when Trump got just booted off. Ah, oh, it's not been the same. This, the website has been unhinged no. and unstable since uh, since Trump got kicked off. He was holding us together, really. He he was a neutralizing factor. We we quite desperately needed him. Yeah. A lightning rod. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite aspects of like the Aaron Bastani PhD truthism isn't just that they were like you do not have a PhD because you do not agree with me. It was the um, I'm gonna remark your PhD. This motherfucker was gonna sit and read an entire PhD dissertation and just re- mark it with red pen. <laughs> it, it's how what does it say about your like your own sense of self that you think that you're qualified to mark <laughs> someone else's like. <laughs> three, four years worth of research. Something that's been through, like, a peer review yeah. from two two or three experts in the field, and you're like, I'm just gonna... I've, get, I've got my red pen, and I'll just fucking <laughs> mark this. To the person There's this incredible you- um, anecdote that I think inspired the character of Barry in Four Lions, where some, uh, like, Britain First guy in prison uh, read the Quran so he could better debate his opponents and accidentally converted himself. <laughs> And I've just got this. Um, I've just got this vision of like a parallel universe where Jeremy Dunn's actually like followed through on his on his plans to to market, and then like within weeks became like a, a guy who just yelled about fully automated luxury communism and went to the gym a lot. Like, you know. I, the thing is, the, the thing about him passing without corrections probably means his PhD is good. That was a note John uh, told me to add because I 
assume everyone would understand that, but obviously not everyone has done, like, postgraduate research. So I was like, yes, okay, fine. It means it was good. I concede the point that Bastani's PhD, unlike his book, was very good. Um, I mean, I haven't done a PhD, I but I, like, can, I can guess what that means, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, passive note, correct. Like, it, it means... It, he might have made like an argument that we could all disagree with, but it means that he's made it in a well-evidenced and comprehensive way, and there aren't any obvious gaps in logic, so he didn't need to provide any... Like, It doesn't necessarily mean his argument is, is correct. It just means yeah. that it's well-evident. Like, I'm just remembering yeah. how many corrections I had for my master's thesis. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> many. <laughs> it was A lot of it was just typographical, or this figure was too small, you need to make it bigger. Which was a bit awkward, because most of my figures were made in paint. Uh, apologies to yeah. my supervisor who told me not to do that. Um, so. I avoided that by dropping out of my master's before my thesis and just getting a certificate. Hey. It was in journalism, I have no regrets. <laughs> my, my, my supervisor was like, oh yeah, you should probably use GIMP to make your images. And I was like, ah, but James, what if I... Oh, accidentally doxing my supervisor. But what if I did it in paint and you couldn't tell the difference? And um, I got away with it, so... Until right just now. <laughs> uh, I'm way too honest on this stream about the nonsense I got up to. I was too lazy to learn GIMP, and now I had to learn GIMP to make t-shirts, so who's the real fool here? Hoist, hoisted in your own petard, dear. That's right. I got. I, I owned myself, right? Real good. Um, Can we turn full circle to chuck a minute chat? Yeah. yeah. I did the does agrocentrism achieve anything section where I was like, yeah, I mean, it depends what you think they want to achieve. Basically, if you think they want to do, you know, centrism as politics, like do the centrist policies, whatever they are, they're not very good at it. If you think their whole point was to just stop the left and, you know, get an electoral rejection of the left to happen. Yeah, fair enough. You know, they did that. I think they contributed to it. They didn't do it on their own, obviously, but they definitely contributed to it. Do the agrocentrists have the same kind of social media organization as, say, for example, the gender criticals or the um, or the Nasher crowd? I think there's you know, an overlap. Thing. There's an yeah, overlap, they, I suspect. Because there's there's it's it's very. I think uh, uh, Katie Montgomery, um, the Twitter account, tweets a lot about trans rights. Gets into it with the GCs. Uh, she said that she can't use phrases like, uh, oh, I would kill for something like that, you know, like about an ice cream or whatever, mm. because she'll get mass reported because they're organized because they have their, you know, their group chats and their forums and their outside of Twitters. It doesn't seem like the agrocentrists are doing anything like that. And I wonder if it's because they don't think they should have to. Right. <laughs> again, again, coming back to the entitlement and the grievance. Right. They, 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 they shouldn't need to 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 organize to to stake out internet territory it should just be the norm you know all these uh, all these accounts with hammers and sickles and their usernames should be just just being banned normally because that's the normal thing that you do um yeah, yeah but they don't I, seem to be that organized i've never in terms thought about of... how organized they are or not actually maybe Garant knows something about it. i don't know like i've never thought about it too much um not specifically the turfs, although there's, I'd, I'd put everything I own on there being like both a, a secret boutique turf DM group and then and most of them having alts. But um did stumble across something recently in terms of how some of the sort of QC Twitter set 
managed to get people banned for weird reasons. <laughs> and it looked <laughs> like they'd found... Um, it might be something similar with the turfs, or it might be more organized among themselves. But they seem to have found a group for like coordinated reporting of bigots on Twitter. It seems like it had been set up originally in good faith to, to get sort of Nazis banned, the sort of people whose tweets might be blocked if you were accessing Twitter from Germany, for example. Um, and they had like a little document that they would put tweets in, and then they'd all mass report it to get these people kicked off. And it seemed like this had been kind of. Um, infiltrated by like um, very bald man who bombards the Labour Party with tens of thousands of uh, of complaints Twitter, and they were just like sneaking in like left wing Jews in there to get them banned. So I'm wondering if they, there's something similar, either infiltrated like that or or sort of um, set up as a sort of coordinated, probably off site. Um, mass reporting sort of setup because they, they really do go for people. I know Jack from Real Politic got some of the worst hassle I'd ever seen because he wouldn't back down from saying that trans women were women and trans men were mm. men when, when challenged with something. They within hours they'd like reported him to his university at the time, reported him to like his local labor group and things like this. Um, really quite full on, yeah. Um, just trying. There's to, oh. something, there's something weird about Twitter as a battleground, you know, for like narrative control. Um, and it is irritating because the same kind of thing always comes back in. I don't think the left, which has numerous Twitter accounts, there's a big Twitter presence, mm. right? Um, I don't think we have a way of fighting back to the way that the sort of Nasher crowd do. And maybe it's just because we don't have the money to, like, you know, buy botnets and automated responses. But we could yeah. probably also weaponize it effectively. We just don't. Because, I think we're also you know, not... Yeah, sorry. Um, I think we're also not willing to go to the lengths that they do. I yeah. think, um, basically, we would maybe see one of them behaving like an absolute dickhead or a danger or doxing people, and we'd be like, let's all get this guy reported. Or as they do it like systematically, both with someone who's being very offensive and with someone who said you are bald to one of their friends <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> you know, they, they, they to them, everyone that isn't on their side is the enemy that must be destroyed. Um, it's better adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Oh, oh no! The worst possible timing. Oh dear. Okay. okay, how much libel happened while I was gone? Uh, not that much. My mum just came in to... <laughs> yeah, dinner. Um, <laughs> you you, won't, believe, you was... won't believe what Oz was saying in the chat. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry, John. Uh, yeah. it's, it's your turn. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, like, um, we're all pretty much brain poisoned from Twitter to, like, an extent. Like, I think we can all admit that. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. But none of us have anything on any of like the TERF posters or like any of those agrocentrist posters who are like they're like they are the machine at, at this point. They've not just put back into the matrix, they've become the matrix. They're fucking like online. So it takes like that degree of of, uh, of think like get to to immediately like 
like mentioned, yeah. say, like, like setting this work hell and then match support them. That takes like huge amount of time that, that I'm not willing to put into Twitter. I've got other things to do. Yeah, I've got work, man. I've got streams to do, you know? Um, I think they also think- never had to run the gauntlet, right? Like, like I, I cut my teeth and I hold my posting shops on the ruthless forums and something <laughs> awful, <laughs> you know? I feel like a lot of us to... have that in common, maybe. Um... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I remember, I remember people giving you giving you shit in in the Ray Parlor. Um, I remember those days well. It was a, <laughs> oh, a brutal yeah. environment. Uh, yeah, and you learn, <laughs> and you grow, and you become a more hardened poster for it. Oh, the Ray Parlor, man, that was become, great. You become a good poster. <laughs> by, they by renamed it. They eventually renamed the Ray Parlor, which was the football. So it was named after Ray Parlor, a football person. <laughs> they renamed it to the Johan Kebab because someone had mispronounced Johan Kebab <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> on Sky Sports or something. And it was <laughs> Johan Kebab, which is a very, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, posting yeah. shops. You um... have to build them <laughs> or you'll go nuts. Imagine being exposed with no prior experience to the immensity that is Twitter and Facebook. It'll yeah, break God. you. Yeah. Um, also, I, I Julia think pointing the... out that it was Joe Kinnear who mispronounced. Um... Yes. Yeah, he was a, a legend. Um, there's an interview with Joe Kinnear uh, where he gets very angry at a journalist. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever listen to. He just um, he basically goes, which one of you is this guy's name? It was some guy from the mirror. And then he just goes, oh, you. You're a... And then just launches into like a, a sanity. <laughs> this is like the official Premier League press conference. <laughs> yeah. But um, just coming back briefly to like the, the turfs as well. I think FFF raises a good point when he compares it with like Scientologists and Fair Game. And it sort of reminded me like the thing with like um, online gender critical communities and so on. You don't see many what you'd call moderate turfs, or it's like, Yes, I have this political position. It's one of my 20 political positions that I sometimes tweet about or post about. For a lot of them, like, there are a few that fall into that, but most of them, like that quite quickly becomes like their consuming main cause, mm. you know? Um, and it's a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it becomes all they talk about. They, they end up cutting out or falling out with people who disagree with them in their real life and online. And therefore, talking more and more to fellow uh, turfs because they they accept them and they just become radicalized. I had one former follower on on Twitter, former mutual, who went from what generally in all sorts of other areas was sort of quite sound, sort of mainstream Corbynite, and they went from like never mentioning trans issues whatsoever to like once or twice retweeting. Uh, transphobic writer Glosswitch on like non-trans issues to then within weeks being like a sort of pedantic I'm just asking questions troll towards trans activists to then coming like a full-on transphobe and this all happened in the space of about two months two and a half months it was disturbing you know yeah see how quickly you can go from not giving a shit about an issue to being like full-on rabid one extreme of it i feel like it kind of relates to some of this agrocentrism stuff as well because i feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of these people broadly were at least somewhat normal once upon a time and became increasingly normal in the bad sense uh really quickly and um really i wanted to say we're kind of talking about the thing that i couldn't talk about in the uh 
in the outro, which was like what to do about uh, how to fight back. Because my whole thing was we should just laugh at these people. That was my entire like operating thesis in the video, which was like it's fine to just laugh at them. Like I couldn't really think of any way to sign off that wouldn't have just come off as really flat. I also just noticed like my laundry is hanging in the background of the video. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just, so yeah, you got nice. to see what pants I wear. So everyone's everyone can be happy about that. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, like I think the video conversation's done. There is like a question that I find interesting from Farage's uh, fucked face. Um, I'm gonna say the full thing, which is: Will any agrocentrist ever get sued for slander slash libel? And if so, which one do you think will get taken to court? Um, no, I don't think anyone's gonna sue them. I think they're careful enough to sort of. No, they know where that line is, and they won't cross it. I don't know. I think I think uh, Rachel Riley was pretty close there. I think the issue with being sued is one about just who has the like material capability to sue someone who's got the money and time to do that. But I think I think they are getting pretty like that. Rachel Riley tweet about Bastani was pretty much libelous. Like that that wasn't that was way over a, a line, any sort of line. Yeah, I'm just I'm not sure who it will be, and, and like I don't I don't I think a lot of left wingers just don't have the means to sue, like even if they wanted to, even if you crowdfund, like if they have yeah. like a lawyer on retainer who just does it for free for them, like fuck you, you're fucked, you shout out of luck, man, like I think they'll overplay their hands some point, but whether that'll be in the in a legal arena or just in general public opinion or you know how narratives develop uh i think probably the latter um i think there is that if you look at the overlap between the kind of cult-like groups that you know pre-existed and how susceptible to infiltration by them people who were uncomfortable with with corbin are because how does it start it starts with I don't want higher taxes, but I know that I can't say that explicitly because that's going to make me look like an asshole. So you have to invent a moral excuse for it, a moral cover. And then you start engaging politically based on a lie, based on a misrepresentation of yourself and your beliefs. And that is primed territory for being indoctrinated, right? For being drawn into a cult. And you can see the overlap between all these cult-like behaviors like the Nasher crowd and the Turf crowd and the, you know, and they, they're very good at recognizing a potential recruit and then zeroing in and they have practiced, rehearsed ways of presenting a narrative and a worldview that makes sense to someone who's not very well versed in identifying these things um, and defending against them. Um, so we do have to, at some point, there's a line that you draw between are these normal people who um, are just behaving in an insane way because of group dynamics or, 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 or because of overall cultural trends? Or are, is this someone who has been drawn into a deliberately radicalizing cult? And that affects how you deal with it, right? This is the, 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 do you just laugh at them or do you have to learn about de-radicalization, you know, about unbrainwashing someone? And it's, it, it's fucking difficult. To an extent, Twitter makes us overthink things because it's not the world. 
And, but, and, and yet, lots of journalists will lose their mind about it. So yeah, it becomes I think the world. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter is a very powerful force for uh, a few reasons, just a few. But one of them is that the people who do dictate the sort of gates of discussion, the avenues of cultural narratives, do use it, and they do believe what you say. So if you fuck with the algorithm, like Keir Starmer is going to resign tomorrow. Starmer quits, um, baby. Hell yeah. It's gonna. It's a. It's a. It's a demonstration of potential agitprop power, right? In in a in an algorithmic social media context, um, a subversion of the natural order of cultural narrative hegemony, if you will. Uh, like there, there is definitely like a a degree to which like we can get zeroed in and talking just about like fucking Twitter and ultimately like like or who are these accounts that do st- stupid weird shit and like how you react to them doesn't really matter unless you're personal friends with someone who's like that. Then you're talking about de-radicalization. But otherwise, the the way to combat that sort of stuff is just broader societal forces that, yeah. that, that work to change discourse. That like You're not going to be able to change them on Twitter. You're not going to engage with some one of these centrist, agro-centrists on Twitter and then like deconvert them like that's no, just not gonna happen or, or even engage not. with them in your twitch chat um, as the case yeah. may be. um. in terms of like of, of, of libel action i think the funniest would be I, I i can't remember if this is exactly right so don't quote me but i'm fairly certain it is against legal practice to threaten to use your position as a lawyer or as a qc to enact some sort of revenge. I think that is against legal practice in England at least. So if one of the QCs overplayed their hand that way, that would just be so funny. Like, oh God. Is, that, <laughs> is that bringing the practice into disrepute or something like that? Yeah, something like yeah. that. I mean, you'd think they'd have crossed that line with the who is Nate Buffet discourse because <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? Like, who is Nate Buffet? A person who I know. <laughs> like, like, Being Nate Buffet. Oh god, I that was one of the most ridiculous discourses in the ridiculous discourse, you know, <laughs> like uh can't believe the discourse is still escalating. It's February, everyone. It's not even like mid twenty twenty one, it is February. And the banter timeline is just expanding and consuming us all. Um Oh dear. Yeah, you remember that um that uh graph? back at the start of the pandemic, tracking the people who were on universal credit, and you saw it slowly expand out as the line got higher and higher and higher. That can be transposed into the discourse line. It's just zooming out and just going up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Like, the, the uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm not sure who's getting sued or when or if. I, I don't know. I feel like they'll get away with that. For, for a lot of other reasons and also yeah I just laugh as has been demonstrated I just laugh in the face of these people because what can you do man there's no there's no uh you know no point in new QC just dropped <laughs> 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 oh dear um yes these people are real I don't, I don't know how to explain this to you all these I didn't make a video about <laughs> fake people <laughs> that would have been amazing I'm, I'm not I remember- oh sorry so he's probably like the least worst QC now, like uh, Mr. Jolie and more. Um, but I, my, my first encounter with him was when he was claiming he was posting that he'd put loads of money on Owen Smith to win. 
and he was going to like clean up and buy, presumably buy a third windmill like to own the left. He was really kind of bloating <laughs> and sneering and loads of us were like taking the piss out of him. And he was like saying to me that he had like more working class credentials oh. and they're, like, oh, no. like your name, like I don't, I've never heard of you before today, but your name is Jolian Morm QC and every <laughs> constituent part of that tells me that you're lying. He completely owned that fox though. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm glad he blocked me rather than like fuck with I, me further. I have, I have a mute. Probably could have either killed me or had me killed. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we'll probably wrap it up there because otherwise we're going to get into beef chat and uh, we, <laughs> yeah. we save that for behind <laughs> the scenes. You know, we'll do beef chat uh, between us. Who are you know, if anyone wants to stick around after. But I think the uh, the stream part of this is uh, is going to wrap up. But uh, before I let my guests sort of remind you who they are, um, you should uh, you should definitely drop a follow to the stream and subscribe because it annoys people. Um, there there are group chats that have my name in them uh, for real. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, so. Um, yeah, uh, you should definitely follow if you haven't before. Um, the next stream is the Valentine's Day special where I will be playing a dating sim, which, you know, but the the, the trick is that I'm trying to date pigeons. I don't know. It's a pretty fun game, I guess. So uh, you should definitely hang out for that one. Otherwise, I'm going to hand it off to the guests to let let you, let you know what they do and where you can find them. So we'll go from Geraint round. So Geraint, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So um, I, I obviously the main thing I do is uh, the Real Politic podcast. You can find us uh, mostly at soundcloud.com slash realpoliticpodcast. Um, also follow um, myself at Wario Tifo, uh, our podcast account, uh, which is mainly just Jack at RP Corp International, um, which I'll put in the chat in a minute because it's a weird spelling. And. Um, that's about it, really, isn't that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Not a lot going yeah. on, but um, <laughs> uh, John. Uh, yeah, you should follow my subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's is a uh, John the Duncan. My last video was on Marxism and human rights, and the next one's about uh, patriotism and the far right, uh, with focus on America and British flag shagging. So follow for that. That's gonna rule, um, Elijah. What what are all your things? Your many things. So, uh, follow me at Klezmer Rouge on Twitter. Uh, I am a music teacher online. If you're interested in any of that, give a shout. Uh, I'm one of the many co-hosts of podcasting is Praxis. You can find uh, the podcast at Praxiscast on Twitter, and you can uh, search for it on Podbean, I guess, or wherever you listen to podcasts because we have it everywhere, pretty much. And uh, coming out this week is the the new, after a hiatus episode of The Bottle Cap Preachers, a podcast where Some, people who don't listen, <laughs> <laughs> people who don't listen to pop music, listen to pop music and react to it and give their opinions. And I was delighted to have Sinan guest uh, on this episode yeah. uh, this week. So as soon as I can get my shit together and edit the fucker, It'll be out and available for you. That's the bottle cap preachers, and, everyone. And, and my reaction will surprise you because um, <laughs> actually, I think it was uh, both our reactions will surprise people because we were in a very particular mindset for that. Um, for that, we were t- in the in the intro, but I don't know if you'll leave that in. But like everyone will get why we talk about things in a particular way. Um, <laughs> it's a good episode. All right. yeah. there's, there's a lot of 
the the chart toppers were interesting this week. Yeah. So uh, anyway, guys, I'm gonna say goodnight to you all. I have um, you know a lot of beef to 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 go through in my head, and uh, tomorrow's my one day off, and so I have to go food shopping. So I I need to actually leave. <laughs> so uh, goodnight, everyone. If you haven't followed, drop a follow. Otherwise, uh, I'll catch you all on Sunday from one p.m. Bye bye. Cheers, everyone. See you later. Bye.